Carbon markets are a relative new entrant in the economy, giving producers farmers the opportunity to get paid for their farming operations. Those markets remain inaccessible for many farmers. Hi, I'm Mitch Frazier, President and CEO of Agrinovis Indiana. And today we're going to dive into carbon markets and the opportunity for innovation with one of the world's leaders in production agriculture, in tech innovation, and in the food system. He's long led production agriculture operations. He has been a tech pioneer at the front of ag tech. And most recently, he served as the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations Food and Agriculture Agencies in Rome. And I also like to call him a friend. Please help me welcome Ambassador Kip Tom. Kip, good to see you. Well, it's great to be with you, Mitch, and uh, certainly been keeping my eyes on uh, what's going on at Agronovus uh, ever since they were founded a number of years ago. And and most recently, uh, when I was serving as ambassador in Rome, I always followed what you were doing. And I'm glad you're taking a focus and trying to lead Indiana agricultural producers and the industries that are here in our great Hoosier state to take a look at what opportunities are there for us in production agriculture and in the food supply chain for carbon markets. So really looking forward to today's conversation. We, we have a lot to cover, Ambassador. And I think the most important piece, just for, for those who are listening to understand your unique perspective on carbon markets is one that's been informed by decades, one could say generations of experience. If you would, maybe just walk folks through your experience, your career, and, and maybe some of those inflection points where you see this innovation opportunity, this carbon opportunity really becoming a, an opportunity here in Indiana. Well, I don't think we had enough time on this podcast. You know, I'll, I'll try to condense everything here really quick. You know, so if you look back at, uh, you know, when farmers and not just us, many farmers from around the United States all of a sudden started collecting data on their farms. And it started out with a yield monitor probably uh, on their combine, but they did very little with that that data except for maybe print off a beautiful colored map that they could take the coffee shop and brag about it. Well, think about, think how we've matured since then and the way we're using data analytics on our farms to, you know, manage the, the amount of nutrients we apply to make sure we don't use a pound more or a pound less than what we need to achieve that maximum yield. Think about the, the placement of seeds and how we're trying to increase productivity and everything we do at farm. You know, it used to say, we had 40 opportunities in our lifetime to produce a crop. Well, the reality is we have thousands of opportunities, even in a year to experiment and see what works. And now we can take that same data sets and expand them even a little bit further and actually understand what impact we're having on the climate. And I wanna talk about that for just a second because returning from Rome, Italy, I was doing a lot of work in the developing nations around the world where we're feeding nearly 270 million people and uh, we've got a lot of poverty going on. We've got uh, poor agricultural productivity in a lot of places. And these are the same places where the population is gonna continue to grow at a rate far outpacing that of any of the developed world. So at the same time, these people are facing droughts, are facing floods, are facing all other kinds of weather issues that are impacted by the climate. And you know, so in the United States, we're very fortunate. We've got the tools to deal with climate. And when I look at these developing countries, they don't have the tools. So uh, I want to do our part to make sure that we're, you know, not emitting any more carbon than we can. In fact, if anything, I think we're going to be the industry that is the solution for climate change. And we are going to sink more of that carbon. Back to you. I, I, I couldn't agree more, Ambassador. I think when we look at the opportunity for 
agriculture, not just to do what agriculture has done so well in producing sustainably, let's be clear, sustainably producing crops, our producers, our agricultural partners are some of the most tremendous stewards of the land. It's, it's the, the, the production system they have. Uh, huge opportunity here. I wanna dig into carbon markets. Carbon markets have captured a number of uh, headlines have, have been the focus of many activities. We've seen companies like Indigo, companies like Truterra, Bear, even young startups like Nori doing some really interesting work around carbon markets. If you could help us understand how carbon markets work, what are they, and maybe give those who aren't familiar some insight into the system. Well, I think these carbon markets got a long way to go to mature to really be able to be used by a lot of producers. Let's face it. Uh, uh, people have been buying and selling carbon for a number of years now, but it's been more direct, you know. So I know a producer on the East Coast is producing uh, carbon credits, and he's got a, some executives that anytime they fly around the world, they know what how much carbon they're emitting for that. They're buying those offsetting carbon credits from that producer. So that's a very immature market, very little structure in it. Uh, but I, I think the future going forward is we're seeing now trading taking place between uh, groups of producers, larger producers, companies like Indigo and others, where they're trying to get to that end user and get directly to that, trying to create, or excuse me, trying to focus on that demand market. And I think there's a lot of work to be done yet. We don't know if the CME is going to be trading this, what role the USDA plays in this. All I know is I need, as a farmer, I need to be prepared to make sure that I'm capturing the right amount of data that is able to be validated and support the carbon that I'm sinking on my farm. For instance, if I'm growing a GMO crop and I know that produces 18% less carbon and I am selling my corn to an ethanol producer, that's gonna help them look better at the same time too. Or if I'm selling to someone that produces a chicken breast, because I really think someday you're gonna see something on the label as though our labels aren't confusing enough already. <laughs> you may see something on a label talks about the carbon footprint of the ingredients that went into that product that we are sinking actually. So I'm, I'm really think agriculture is a good place. And again, we are the solution for climate change. I agree. We're talking with U.S. Ambassador Kip Tom and really digging into carbon markets, specifically around the opportunity here in Indiana. You can learn more about this opportunity at agronovasindiana.com slash challenge. That's agronovasindiana.com slash challenge. Ambassador, you've highlighted a number of times, even in this discussion, the critical role of data. And when I look at the challenge that we've put together here at Agronovus Indiana, it really is around data. And we surveyed, this was fascinating data to me. We surveyed a number of producers here in Indiana with our friends at Indiana Corn Marketing Council and Indiana Soybean Alliance. These numbers are staggering. I, not over 90%, over 90% of the farmers, Indiana farmers surveyed, aren't currently participating in carbon markets, yet two thirds said they want to participate in carbon markets in the future. And simplicity, simplicity has to be paramount uh, as they go forward to for them to actually participate. And we heard the biggest challenge, one of the biggest challenges was around data and the amount of data that has to be assembled from multiple years, from multiple sources, to even begin to validate the credits. Walk us through, if you would, the, the data that lives on your farm, on production operations across the country and around the world that really are required to make these carbon markets work. Well, I know on our farm, you know, we're producing around, this is a couple year old number, but uh, around a terabyte of data off our farm on an annual basis. 
I, I think I want to start like, go go back a little bit further. I think this is where farmers to really get involved with this. They've got to spend some time educating themselves first on how data systems work. They got to make they got to feel comfortable to know that that data is secure. That's paramount. That that farmer's data remains his. He owns it and has control of it. But that it's secure and we're not don't have to worry about the wrong people getting a hold of that data. But it's going to be that data that's going to be the underlying base to support those those carbon credits. Correct. But my belief is you can't start soon enough. You know, there's people that started collecting data back in the mid 90s on their combines probably wasn't scrubbed or wasn't cleaned up a little bit. But now I think farmers are getting to the point and you got different platforms out there that are really making sure this data is validated because I tell you what, we can't go to the market and all of a sudden say we're producing something that's validated and it's not. We've got a real problem on our hands. So uh, we, I know at our business, we wanna make sure that we're providing good information to make good choices. And especially when we're trading uh, something such important as carbon credits. Ambassador, you mentioned early on, we're still early days, early innings uh, of this carbon market era. And as, as we look at this opportunity around data, we really see from the work that we're, we're doing at Agronovas Indiana with a producer-led innovation challenge this year, really focusing on almost pre-market data. So, so how do we help? How do we create a solution? In fact, the challenge is, how do we create a solution to pull all those different pieces of data together from all across the farm to put it in a place where it's actually possible to ingest into the indigos, the bears, the noris, uh, the truteras of the world. What advice would you give to those young entrepreneurs, those tech companies, those dev shops, the academics that are working on this solution? What advice would you give them as they begin to tackle the producer-led innovation challenge? Well, I think uh, typical is agriculture. We think we're unique. We have a different uh, set of circumstances here, a problem in front of us. But the reality is, uh, we're a manufacturing business. We collect a lot of data, but we don't have that center point that we can go to with all this data yet to push out a, a, a validated carbon credit, right? So I know on a farm like ours, we may be using three or four different platforms to get to the end goal. So somehow, and every farmer uses a different combination of that. So somehow we've got to get something that will pull all the data together, be able to validate it and be able to simplistically, as you said earlier, push this into the market. But again, I come back to this is something where the producer, as a farmer myself, I know we have focused so much on increasing yield over time. And we focus so much on everything it takes to get there, whether it's equipment, the best seeds in the marketplace, crop care products, uh, accuracy in our nutrient applications and, and, and renting or buying the best land. The reality is farmers need to spend some time now educating themselves on how these data solutions can work to get us to that end goal of selling that carbon credit. I, I think it's gonna, it's, it's gonna take us to the point, it's gonna, people will have either be denied, denied market access or have access to markets if they have these carbon credits so, and can prove what they've done. So I think it's important uh, that all farmers try to embrace this. We're talking with Ambassador Kip Tom, focused on carbon markets and the Indiana Producer-Led Innovation Challenge. You can learn more online at agronovisindiana.com slash challenge. That's agronovisindiana.com slash challenge. That's where you can sign up to be a team. And Ambassador, I know that uh, we're running out of time here, but I want to give you one last opportunity here as, as we look to the future. And these teams are getting their, their minds around how best they really help producers to not just generate market access for carbon markets, but let's be really clear, 
create an opportunity for producers to generate net income. That's where the, these carbon markets ultimately come back to is creating opportunity for producers to, to generate net income. Let's look forward. Let, let's look even beyond this sort of near-term view of the challenge and look to the future. You have great companies like, again, Indigo, Nori, Truterra, Bayer, a number of innovators in the space. We just saw uh, Indiana Senator Mike Braun uh, pat, put forward the Growing Climate Solutions Act, passed 92 to 8 in the Senate. So we're seeing policymakers come around carbon markets. What's the future look like 12, 24, 36 months from now? Where do, where do you see carbon markets really going? Well, I think, we, you know, Mitch, when I look at what you're doing at Agronovus, the producer-led innovation challenge, what you're doing, bringing the minds together of, of producers from across the state of Indiana, young and old, large and small, we need to work together to try to come up with a solution of how we're going to address this. I, I don't know what it's like in other states around the Midwest and, and across the country as we're looking at these carbon markets, but I think it's that where we join together and we come up addressing the challenge that's in front of us. I would rather lead than have somehow something from the Paris Climate Accords or something from our own government put us in a position where we're having to go a direction we really don't want to go. So I really believe it's up to us as producers to work together with Agronovus and the Producer-Led Innovation Challenge to try to come up with that solution where we bring all this data together and be leaders in making sure that we're the ones introducing it to the market and it's supported and it's validated. Well said, well said. U.S. Ambassador Kip Tom. Kip, again, I can't thank you enough for spending time with us today and for your continued support of Agronovus. And let me be really clear of me. So, so thank you. I really, really appreciate it. Mitch, it's been a pleasure. And uh, keep up the great work at Agronovus. The industry counts on you. So thank you. Thank you very much. And again, don't forget, if you are a team, July 9th is the deadline to register to be a team, to do the work that Ambassador Tom has talked about, to do the work that Indiana producers, producers across the country and around the world need. It's agronovusindiana.com slash challenge. That's agronovusindiana.com slash challenge. You can find out all the information there. You can also register to be a team and see all of the advisors, the mentors that you'll have access to as a team, leaders from Indigo, leaders from John Deere, from Corteva, Granular, a number of organizations across the country, around the world, who want to work with you to help solve this challenge. Please sign up today, agronovasindiana.com slash challenge. And until next time, thanks for being with us. This podcast is a product of Inside Indiana Business, hosted by Gary Dick and produced by Kayla Chittister and Joe Ullery. More people get Indiana business news from Inside Indiana Business than any other source.